All right, welcome back to another episode of Beating the Bookies. Uh, we're going to recap last week with UFC. Uh, Will and I are here again to just talk through what we see this week uh, and just go over some general UFC betting tips and how we go over some of this stuff. But, uh, you know, last week we, on my end, we fared pretty well. Um, ended up at plus 2.55 units. Most of that just was riding on the back of Joel Alvarez on that money line right there. Um, that, that's really what it was. Instead of a sub, he got it done through striking, which was definitely interesting. Um, Will, what about yourself? Yeah, so I ended up down just about three units. Um, killers for me were that Rothwell loss. Um, speaking of which, managed to retire. Don't bet the old guys. It was a terrible idea. Um and then I took Alvarez by submission instead of just money line, which came back to bite me. And then I was talking about Diakizi needed to make it out of the first round. He got knocked out early on in the first. Um, so I lost another two units there. Um, I think those are really the only differences we had on our cards. Yeah. Oh, also, Joe Juna, I'm so happy she got cut from the UFC. She was a worse fighter than a dumpster. She doesn't know how to block a punch. She doesn't know how to throw a punch. She's good at grappling, decides to not grapple until there are 30 seconds left in the fight. Yeah, I, I think more than her getting thrown out of the UFC, her coaches never needed to be near a like professional ring for a while, or at least for a while. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, it's always nice that you know, even if you miss a fight or miss a game, uh, it's always nice when you say something like, well, this should happen unless this happens. It always is a sucky feeling to lose money, but that's why we preach bankroll management. You know, down three units in the long run is, is nothing. Um, and, you know, just to reemphasize, like, we're seeing it well. Uh, if, you're, if we're going to sit here and say, like, oh, Diakizi's going to fight really well later in the fight. He just has to get there, and he doesn't get there. Well, that's just an unfortunate circumstance. You know, probably if that fight were to go 10 times or 100 times, you're probably looking at that result happening, you know, probably 30%. Limbs the breaks. That's just how it happens. One other heartbreaking loss that I forgot about was the Baeza Chaos Williams. End of the first round, got in deep on a heel hook, and was extending it, had it almost fully locked out, and that went off for the end of the round. Yeah. Had another 30 seconds. It's a submission easy. Um, and that would have been a six-and-a-half-unit swing or something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah that, would have been, that would have been a money hit, too. That would have been real nice. Uh, but, you know, now that we're done with the recap, I do, I do feel obligated to just say uh, – Holloway is my favorite. I love that guy. Um, the fact that he lost the second split to Volk still makes me upset. Um, and I really want him to just retain the belt because I think it's an awesome storyline for my favorite fighter on the roster right now. Yeah, I, I don't want to see him chase the McGregor money fight. I'd much rather see him go back for round three with Volk. Yeah, I think the McGregor fight's always going to be open for him there. Um, like, McGregor just doesn't have that many suitors because most of that division, most of the big money guys are going to actually be trying to pursue the belt. Um, 
And if Poirier makes and if Poirier wins the belt, which I think is very likely against a guy like Oliveira, um, he won't want to re-sign for Connor because the UFC just won't want to put the belt on the line for that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the Holloway fight makes a lot of sense. But I want to see Holloway exhaust getting the belt before that happens. Um, I think that's a fight that's there, and Connor's not even fully healthy yet. So uh, yeah, if if in the third fight Volk is able to get a unanimous decision I'll say fine close book like Volk is the champ until it's a unanimous decision I'm always gonna say that Holloway is the champion yeah yep I agree it's tough how you can lose a belt on a split decision that doesn't involve some sort of point deduction Mm -hmm. uh that is always strange to me but, you know, it's the UFC, it's their rules. And also, the, the two things about those title fights that do upset me is that neither of them, um, if I remember correctly, neither of them were on American soil. I know the second one wasn't. Um, but so it makes the – because the judging isn't uniform. And, and sometimes, like, depending on the country, they judge more in favor of wrestling or more in favor of striking. And it, it's not nearly as uniform as, like, something like boxing, which, you know, that's been around for a thousand years, so it's it's just a little bit better run on those things. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into this card. Um, preface: This card is not very good. Uh, <laughs> well, not very really good for betting. I think we're gonna have a lot of close, exciting fights. Don't know how many big finishes we'll see. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, a lot of these odds opened at like pickums, you know. Yeah. A lot of and, them are and, minus 115 to minus 105. Part of the other thing here is just that um, it's a lot of people that aren't from the Contender Series early. Um, just because, like, the Contender Series is on Tuesday and there's not really a lot of other sports that happen on Tuesday, it's become one of my favorite things to watch. Um, Natan Leve is on here, um, which his fight should be a little bit interesting on the undercard. Uh, but, you know, realistically, I'm looking at maybe, uh, I think I've got down right here five bets. Um, th- that'll be all I take, and, and we'll just go from there. But who are you kicking off your undercard with? Yeah, so I'm betting the very first fight, and it's the only prelim I'm going to actually scratch that. I'm going to take two prelim bets. Um, but I'm riding with Pinero? Pinero for the Americans out there, um, to win inside the distance over Hughes. Um, I was watching the fight Pinheiro had over Mark, or against Marcos, and her judo throws are ridiculous. I've never seen, aside from Amanda Nunes, I've never seen a woman manhandle somebody like that. Um, she's had headlocks, hip tosses, just cr- stuff you don't see in that division ever. Um, and Hughes, two and three in her last uh, five fights, two of those losses by stoppage, and she, I think two fights ago now, just tapped out after the first round, said, oh, I can't see, after it didn't go her way. Um, don't think she's going to hold up too well against the grappling, the heavy hitting. Um, Pinero has great counter-striking. So I'm riding with Pinero inside the distance at plus 105 for two units. 
Uh, I love that play. I'm not going to take it from you because I think it's fun when you do a little bit different, but I will be making that bet come fight night. Uh, I completely agree. This to me strikes me very much as a, hey, uh, you know, Sam Hughes, are you sure you want to be in the UFC? Because this is what you're going to have week in and week out. Um, I think this is a you-need-to-leave-the-roster type of fight for her. Uh, Pink Pinheiro, I'm, that's how I'm going to go with it. Pinheiro is uh, one of, I think, the best up-and-comers in that strawweight division for the women. She is terrifying. I don't know if, if y'all, when y'all watch on on uh, on Saturday, you're going to see she's a terrifying human being. Um, yeah, she she was manhandling Marcos until Marcos got DQ'd for the upkick. Yeah. But she can get it done on the feet. She can get it done on the ground. She's a black belt and jujitsu. Like, she's lethal. She's also, which I know this will change, but as of right now, has like 83% takedown accuracy. So, uh, dude, the, with her throws, I don't know if that will change. Yeah. Well, and so, like, part of that is, is the judo takedown is so incredibly different than some of the other like more traditional takedowns that happen in UFC that I think it really does throw a lot of fighters for a loop when they when they do see it just because it's it's something that isn't I'm not going to say necessarily taught but you don't normally have a lot of judo or sambo crossover into the UFC they tend to because you can make your own living especially in in the Eastern European or Russian leagues and those type of things, you you can normally just go over there and do that. Um, but Pinheiro coming over with those judo things, I think, is is a really interesting skill set to have, uh, and especially in in women's MMA, I think it benefits you a lot more just because your overall strength is a little bit more dominating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna take this next one. I'm I'm playing with my main man Cody Durden. Um, I don't know why I like him. I, I, I just have liked him ever since I first saw him. Um, he's a wrestler. I know on ESPN they have him marked as a striker. That's just not really what he does. He's very much a ground-and-pound type of guy. Um, most of his victories before the UFC coming over in BFC and NFC have been from uh, either submissions on rear nakeds or ground-and-pound KOTKO stoppages where he just gets on top and gets in full mount. It's, it's nights out, lights out. Um, he has had a rough start. Um, he drew with Chris Gutierrez early, um, and then he just took a loss to, uh, to Flick. Um, if, if that is one fight I do remember, uh, Flick, Durden was... In it, I'm not going to say he was winning, but he was in it. Flick caught him up top with a triangle lock. Um, now, that being said, that fight was a little bit ago. The UFC um, have given him basically almost a full year off um, to really get better at the skills. I think he has. Um, and I'll be honest, this I do like Durden, but part of this for me is a fade of... Uh, oh, I'm going to butcher this. Quiling. Um there's just I have not been impressed with anyone coming out of the performance center or uh, East Asia at the moment, um, more specifically China. 
I know there is, uh, like, obviously with Korean Zombie, um, Song Yudong is a great fighter, but with the newer crop that's coming through and appearing on a lot of undercards, I have not been impressed with their skill sets. Um, and I think that Durden, as the superior wrestler here, really has an opportunity to get uh, down on the ground and just kind of dominate this fight. Not like Khabib, but in a Khabib-style fashion where it's it's just not very close on the scorecards. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take him money line for two units at one, minus 160. Um, and then I'm going to sprinkle a little one-unit play on his sub at plus 550. Um, I just think there's a very high probability that a rear naked choke gets involved in here, and, and that's how this fight ends. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to do the same thing that you said you were doing. You're not, like, officially taking it, but tomorrow when the fights happen, I'm going to sprinkle unit on Durden by submission as well. Um, however you say his name, Chiling, Quiling, however it's pronounced, um, doesn't have great t uh, submission defense. Lost three fights pretty recently due to submission. I think at the plus plus five fifty, it's worth a little bit of risk on it. Yeah, and, and the other thing is he's coming out of uh, he's coming out of the UFC Performance Institute, which I think is the worst of the two schools um, compared to the top team school over there. Um, sorry, Dana White, uh, but you know this. It, if I remember his Molina fight correctly, that one was not close either. Um, I'll give him props in the sense that he stuck it out for a unanimous decision. Um, but it's a different world when you get in there with a wrestler um, with that type of cardio. Um, Durden is also the more veteran of the two fighters, having fought twice. Um, I just think it makes a lot of sense to take Durden there. Um, and especially at Bantamweight, that's... You know, you're not exactly rife with a lot of TKOs. Um, it is impressive that Dern has as many as he does, but I think a sub is a lot more likely, and I'm getting better odds there. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take that one. Um, moving up the undercard, Will, do you have any other ones that you're taking there? Nope. Yeah, I'm also mm. not anywhere near there as well. There's not, not a lot that I like. anything else until the main card. I will say this. I think Levy is going to win because Rafa Garcia is not very good. Um, Levy going forward is going to be prime fade material for me. I didn't like him on Contender Series, and I think he's going to get an absolute luck box in Gar or just like an absolute you know tomato can in Garcia. I think he probably wins, and that's going to be something that I'm going to like taking forward. Uh, but there's no way that I put actual American dollars on that fight. Um, my, f what's your first bet of the of the main card, buddy? Uh, so first bet is going to be the Yaya versus Kang fight. Um, main reason there, there are just levels of jujitsu, and I think in terms of actual skill, Yaya is night and day better than. 90% of the guys in the UFC when it comes to submission threats. Um, that being said, he isn't the best striker. He's not very well balanced. He knows how to defend himself and get in close, but he's never going to win a fight on his feet. Um, but if he does get it to the ground, if he can get 
close enough to get into a clinch. He's going to get it to the ground, and he's going to get in on your neck. Yep. Does it time and time again. He's lost two fights since 2013. The dude's a beast. I said at the start of this, stupid to bet the old guy. I'm betting the old guy again. 37 <laughs> years old, but I just like his experience. Um and just think his situational awareness against another guy that likes submissions, it, he's just going to get the job done. I'm going to put a unit on him to win by submission at plus 250. And uh, one other thing I'll add, Kang loves submissions when he's on his back. Yaya is best at submissions when he's on top. He loves that little arm triangle. Um, so I think Kang could get himself caught in a situation where he thinks I'm good off my back. I can work something in here and he gets himself stuck. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I'm a hundred percent with you on this fight. There's levels to jujitsu and Yaya is near the top of that list. Um, I will say this. I'm, I am also normally do not bet old guys. I think there's a little bit of a difference in betting an older guy like Yaya, who's not even, like, who's not even old. But, you know, this is a 135-er who's never really taken a lot of damage in the UFC in terms of, like, standing in the middle of the ring and striking. Um, he's much more of a sneaky submission type of guy. It's much more on the ground. It's not like Rockwell who just puts his chin out there and, you know, we're fighting um, at an upper weight class. Uh, so again, just like you, I'm going to go back on my word. The reach disadvantage is something that I'm not super pleased with, but that being said, Kang doesn't land that many more significant, stri significant strikes. So I don't think it really even plays into this fight. Um, I think that once you're on the ground, reach is important, but like you said, with the differing styles of jujitsu here, Kang's going to want to be on his back, and Yaya is going to want to be on top. Uh, and I'm going to side with the more experienced Brazilian um, in that category right there. For me, I'm going to go Yaya money line two units at minus one hundred five, uh, and then I'm going to put one unit on the sub at plus two fifty, just kind of to, to cover my base there, just in case a uh, a decision comes in. I'm, I don't think one will. Um, but just in case of that, I'm going to cover it there. Uh, I'm going to kick it to the first fight on the main card. The one thing I do want to mention, I'm throwing one unit on Davy Grant. Um, that's honestly just because I see a line uh, non-matchup there. Davy Grant's still a fighter that lands above four significant strikes per minute. Um, he's a very seasoned fighter i'm not going to go ahead and say here that he's brilliant but you know in his last four his only loss is to marlon vera which like oh no and it was a unanimous decision um his other two fights uh his two fights previous excuse me he won by ko i think there's a good probability that he lands uh, a luck shot on yanez yanez loves fighting with his hands down which i don't think is going to be productive once he starts facing actual competition in the UFC, um, this Davies kind of his first real test in terms of um, seasoned, experienced fighters that have been here. Um, so I'm going to pick Grant to win just one unit. 
Um, it's it's a long shot. It's a plus 250. It's not exactly something that I think is incredibly likely, but I think it's more likely than the bookmakers have it priced at currently. And I think that's a lot to do with the Yano's momentum. You know, he's run by uh, KO his last four times, but I don't see that being a huge advantage in this fight when you're facing a seasoned veteran like he is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think Yanis should, on, on paper, should walk away with this fight. shouldn't be super close. Um, but that is because of the hype behind him, the striking advantage. I could also see Grant getting a takedown, taking the back. Yeah. I could see it one out of 50 times going to, sub, or being won by submission. Um. But for me, the the odds just, or the value just isn't there in the odds. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I would pick Giannis to win. His best selection is to win by knockout at minus one ten, and that's just that's just bad value. Just yeah, and, and and speaking of value, like we're we're looking at our next fight here. Um, it's going to be Joanne Calderwood versus uh, uh, Santos. Calderwood is one of my least favorite fighters on the roster. Um, she's just not very good. Um, and there's just no value anywhere in this fight. I think we're both in agreement there. Um, I think Santos wins this pretty handily, and I think her best odds are at decision, at like minus 160 or something like that. Minus um, 175. Yeah, even worse. Just <laughs> absolutely nothing going there. I'm not touching <laughs> this fight with a 12-foot pole. Yeah, it, it also would just be so Joanne Calder would like win one of her final fights. I, d- I doubt she gets renewed, um, and so it would be so her to just put put forward one here and really win one for Scotland. Um, but yeah, there's just I I don't see any value on that fight whatsoever. Uh, I'm gonna kick it up to our next fight, which is gonna be Kiesa Brady. This is one of the fights that I am most excited about um it's just your classic storyline of wily old veteran who just always gets it done versus the young gun sean brady is 14 and 0 he's proved he's dangerous everywhere whether it's on the ground on the feet um however you want to have the fight he's going to do it and he's going to land about five significant strikes a minute which is a crazy number um but and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Brady here. Um, I think we're on different sides of this one. I'm gonna say Brady inside the distance, uh, plus one sixty five for two units for me. Um, he's just a little bit more powerful, um, and I do like the fact that he's won at every level uh, in the UFC. You know, he's not a guy that shies away. He's not a guy that only fights one way. He's won by sub. He's won by decision. Um, and he obviously has the power to go ahead and win by KO uh, like he has in Cage Fluid. So to me, it just makes a lot of sense. Anyone that's backed by Paul Felder is good enough for me, um, and I'm going to go ahead and take him inside the distance at plus 165. Yeah, so as you were talking about it, I was thinking about adding an additional bet to this. Um I think this is a super risky bet for both Chiesa and for people trying to bet it. Um, You know, Brady really hasn't had top-level competition 
and this is going to be his first real test of can he hang with the big dogs. Um, we know we know Kies is a great grappler. We know that Brady can get the job done on the ground as well as on his feet. Um, but I, I am going to ride with the experience level of Chiesa, and I'm going to take him money line at plus 135 for one unit. And I'm also going to take something strange here and go another unit on Fight Goes the Distance. I don't hate that one. They're both really tough fighters. Yeah, I, I think they're both so durable, so determined to fight their style that it could easily go down to just grinding out the last two, three minutes, not landing huge shots. Um, but I, I could see it going to decision, so I'm going to put another unit on that to go the distance. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I You know, I'm an, and I think if Brady gets it done, he gets it done inside the distance. And that's why I'm picking that at plus 165. But, you know, if this goes to decision, which obviously uh, it's looking like you're more on that side of the coin, I would agree that it's probably more Kiesa's ball game in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the title fight here, or not the title fight, excuse me, the title in name of the fight, it's uh, Beer and Tate here. Misha Tate's coming back to the UFC. Um, I hate this fight for her. I think Vieira wins very handily um, for a couple of main reasons. But the first one is just going to be that Vera is the significantly better grappler. Um, just maybe not in terms of submission work, but just in terms of ground and pound uh, and getting it done on the ground. And, you know, this one is being done at Bantamweight. Uh, Misha Tate's come in with all that talk, uh, you know, about how she's going to uh, challenge Amanda Nunes and everything. I think she doesn't even get through. It's, I think it's pronounced Caitlin, but it's Ketlin. Um, getting it done. Uh, she was lost to Kunitskaya, which I don't really view as a blemish on anyone. Um, but she's gone through after that and, you know, has a win against Eubanks, has um, a win against Ngano, and again, a win against McMahon. The only other person she's lost to, Aldana, who just challenged. Uh, Irene Aldana just challenged for the belts as well. So, you know, Vera is kind of in this weird thing where she's kind of a gatekeeper to go up and challenge against Nunez. Um, I just, this is where I am going to take our advice and fade the old person. I'm going to fade Tate here. Um, I'm going to take Vera for four units at minus 120 on just on the money line. Uh, and then I'm going to sprinkle in a little bit of a decision there for at plus 225 for one unit. Um, think she gets it done fairly convincingly and, and just because of, you know, women's MMA and kind of how it works out, especially when you get to the higher level people, uh, I think the decision's a good call. Yeah. So I, I'm in total agreement with you again on this one. Um, you know, Misha Tate retired back in 2016 and her comeback fight, which she won by knockout, I gave it to her, was against a 44 year old who is now retired. This is not a 44-year-old fighter that's about to retire. Um, Vera has 92% takedown defense success rate. Um, she's a black, je- black belt in jiu-jitsu and judo, and she is better on the feet. Misha Tate needs to get the ground or get to the ground for this to be her fight. She's not going to be able to be comfortable on the ground for a second. Um, 
So I'm also going to ride on uh, Vieira money line and decision, but I'm doing two on money or two units on money line, one on decision. Just like a little that. bit smaller. Yeah, and and yeah, I just, I mean, there was no reason for Tate to come back, and I think this is Dana White's way of saying, you know, we've seen this a couple times where these older fighters come back and they're like, I want to challenge for the belt, and then they come back and they're three fights in, and they're like, wow, the third person, the you know, the person who's ranked number fifteen is who I would have challenged the belt for when I was champ. I think we're in a similar spot here with Tate. Um, you know, just sometimes hang up the gloves and never fight again. Look at you, Tony Ferguson and Donald Cerrone. Uh, just do the right thing. Like, don't make us – because we're obviously going to pay to watch you. Please – Misha's not that type of fighter. But, like, please just hang him up, Misha. It's done. Um, and this is really going to prove it. And I, I, I am normally a big um, side with a better wrestler. But there are some times like this where the discrepancy on the feet is so big, and the fact that the fight starts on the feet, plus Vieira's reach advantage, which really makes me think that the bigger fighter here is just going to keep it up as long as possible and just dominate. Yeah, and after five years of being retired, I don't think there's any way that Tate comes in with a full gas tank ready to go five rounds. Dude, if Tate came in and just absolutely gas tanked her, I... I would be shocked. I would be absolutely baffled if that was how that played out. Now you got to figure the longer this goes or the fight goes on, the more it favors Vera. Yeah, and I, and I, to your point there, I think what we could really see here is like you know late in the third round, Misha Tate's just shooting uncontrollably and nothing's landing. Um, I think that's very very likely, and I I just think it gets ugly. Also about Amanda Nunez, I think she will most likely die with the belt. I don't think anybody is going to come up and take the belt from her. I think she's going to hold on to them until she literally is incapable of defending them. Like, cannot walk into the octagon. I, I'm i not going to say you're wrong. Uh, there's just nobody. I, I think the fact that Dana White has said that women's featherweight is just there because Amanda said she was interested in winning it because she wanted to fight Cyborg, and they're just not going to continue to stop that division because uh, she's bored with it. Um, no official rankings, baby. Yeah, it's just, it's just crazy to me. Um, I don't think it's a horrible division, but it is like kind of fun to, to like when you see some of that stuff, you're just like, okay. Um, but yeah, you know, just, we need, we need the Kayla Harrison super fight. That would be awesome. That's, now, the, that's the only fight they could make for Amanda Nunes that is yeah, worth of headlining a pay-per-view. At 45? Or at 35? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at 45. Um, I, yeah, I just, there's... Misha Tate was a great fighter, but if you go back and watch any of her film... It, it pales in comparison to... It's like when you go back and watch Ronda Rousey stuff and you're like, wow, she was really good. And then you look at like someone like Chukagian right now and you're like, well, that would have ended very poorly for her. Uh, yeah, so, it's, it's built up to this fight. Misha Tate was talking about potential future matchup with Amanda Nunes and how it would be different. And she said that 
she would just calculate when to throw the right strike. She's just planning on landing one perfect strike that knocks Amanda Nunes out. That's the game plan. That's not a good game plan. <laughs> no. Focus on the fight you have this week before you start talking about landing one lucky punch. Against, yeah. I won the belt because I got really lucky. Lucky. That's your advertising campaign? Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, go ahead and uh, give us a follow at Parmesan Picks. I'm going to have our uh, our picks posted up there, a little friendly wager again that we're going here this week. Um, I will also say that, you know, I am going to add some of Will Picks come Saturday just to make some money, and I believe he's going to add some of mine there as well. So sure. uh, we're going to go ahead and do that and go ahead and give me a listen on any of the other uh, betting material that we are going to have posted here, talking about football later today. Uh, but, yeah, so go ahead and give us a listen wherever you listen to podcasts, and we will see you next week recapping this UFC card. Look into the next one. Just a heads up, card starts at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's a little earlier this time. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. football season cards always start at weird times, so go mm-hmm. ahead and make sure we lock in there.